Show me the money. Hello, hello, and welcome to Garrett Talk Sports. I am your host, Garrett Clausen, joined today by Mr. David Skaggs. How are you, Skaggs? What's up? I'm doing great. Happy to be here, ready to talk some sports. Oh, yeah. We'll be joined a little bit later as well by uh, Mr. Andrew Flannery, uh, the, king of, uh, the king of music, the intro from, if you guys remember, way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that guy's always late, so that's why he's not going to join until later. <laughs> Uh, we decided to get started a, a little bit early. Uh, we're doing it on a Sunday this uh, this week, so we're trying to get a, a little recording done before football starts so we can sit back, crack open a beer, enjoy some football later on today. I uh, hope you guys are doing the same. Um, but we wanted to kind of get into the playoff push uh, here with, uh, with both football and you know, the World Cup too. Um, College, NFL, World football Cup. Football and football. Football, si, si, senor. <laughs> um, we also are going to touch a little bit on the baseball offseason so far. Um, we got our baseball expert, Mr. Skaggs, here to uh, to bring us uh, the, the good news, the good word. <laughs> I don't know how good it is for some teams, uh, but if you're a Yankees fan or a Mets fan uh, or, I guess, a Padres fan, they finally got somebody, then uh, you, you've nope. got some good news. Nobody likes Padres. Uh <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's. We're actually just going to go ahead and jump right into that. Uh, since uh, since we have Skaggs here, we're going to start with the baseball here. A um, couple of big big moves, obviously, already to start the offseason. The winter meetings just concluded. Uh, we're starting to get into uh, the meat of the offseason. Uh, well, I think I saw we're only like a hundred something days away from opening well, day. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just right around the corner. What What are your thoughts on some of these uh, big moves? We'll start with uh, with Verlander to the Mets. It's a, I think he's a good replacement for Degrom. I mean, he's perfect for them. It gives them uh, one heck of a top two punch at the top of the rotation with him and Scherzer, old teammates from back in their Tiger days, years and years and years and years ago because they're both pretty old at this point. <laughs> and then they also they just signed last night the, the Japanese pitcher. They also signed. Uh, 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 Quintana, like they've got, they they look like they're going to have a heck of a rotation. But I mean, their issue again is going to be can their offense help them as well? But like, I I love their moves from the the the, the starting staff rotation. Like that's one hell of a one-two punch with Verlander and Scherzer. I mean, that's that's as long as those old guys can keep going when playoff time come. That again should. I mean, we thought it would carry them last year in the division round, but it didn't work out that way. But I mean, <laughs> regardless, that we'll at least get them to the playoffs, I'm sure. And although the, the National League East is terrifying, the Phillies keep spending money while the Braves sit there and go, oh, we spent our money in the off in the during the season when we extended everybody and we might make a move or two. They still need to get a an outfielder and a shortstop, but see what happens there. But for yeah, the, the National League East in general, particularly with what the Mets and Phillies have done, is going to be quite fun to watch. Yeah, I mean... You, well, you got the Nationals that are just going to – and Marlins that might just be watching uh, <laughs> early, early uh, exit this year. <laughs> right. 
But uh, the Bra- I mean, the Braves, is especially, I don't think they really need to make a ton of moves. Granted, like you said, they do need to figure out what they're doing at shortstop, whether they bring back Dansby or they go after Carlos Correa, or even if they just get somebody that can fill in for now while they figure that out for the future. Um, but, yeah, the, the Mets, it's interesting because, I mean, were you pretty confident that DeGrom was gone? Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of talks that he was going to go. I think the Mets were tired of him constantly being hurt, despite how good he is. And he's just going to get older and obviously can't get younger. And, uh, and Well, darn it. <laughs> I, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I think they were ready to move on, and they knew that they could get someone like Verlander to come join them. And speaking of the Grom, I think the Rangers are loading up. Like their starting rotation is looking so much better, and Bruce Bochy is a – is a fantastic coach. I don't understand why these coaches retire and then come back a couple years later, but it is what it is. He's regardless, he's an excellent coach and they certainly weren't going to just let him coach the same crappy Rangers team. They were going to make moves and they have their, their rotation also looks fantastic. I mean, they're, they're going to be certainly a team to watch. Yeah. The rain, I mean, they, you, we saw it starting last year. I mean, they went not and, and spent money on Corey Seager, spent money on the offense. Now they're you know, spending money on the pitching staff and, could be one of those secret dark horse teams that uh, that make a little bit of a run. Um, they're in a, a interesting division, I should say. But I mean, we're the, always <laughs> rooting against the Astros. So right. any team it takes, we don't care which one it is as long as someone does it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, because, you know, the Angels will always at least be in talks. So as long as you got Trout and Shohei, you'll still be – should be a contender, even though we're yet to see them in the playoffs, uh, which sucks. Yeah, right. That's, that's very frustrating team with – the best player in the world and the best player in the world. I mean, it's <laughs> the best the player two. born in, in this side of the world, the best player born on the other side right, of the world. Right. I mean, they <laughs> have probably considered the two best players in baseball and all of baseball. And they didn't even sniff the playoffs last year, nor have they, they've only been to the playoffs once in Trout's career. And that's why Shohei is like, yeah, I can't wait to be a free agent next year so I can leave. <laughs> right. I, mean, I think he's enjoyed living in Los Angeles, but not, the the from a baseball perspective from a personal perspective he's still fairly close to home it's about as close as he can get while being here in the states and he's you know he's played fantastic for them i think he's he's gonna make a stupid contract next offseason yeah well the uh if he loves la so much he's he can he doesn't have to move he he can come right on over to the dodgers we will welcome him with open arms um yeah, because I know uh, at one point, didn't they say that his uh, his contract that he signed had a no-trade clause except for to the Mets uh, or something like that, <laughs> which I'm wondering at this point if how on earth the Mets would be able to squeeze him in there. <laughs> they uh, are already <laughs> at, I think it's about $420 million, or I think it's a $350 million payroll, but with a $80 million tax which is going to end up being more than like a third of the teams even spend on their entire payroll. The Mets are going to be paying just on a tax. The Steve Cohen tax that they put in place because they knew he was going to spend. Not sure anyone knew he was going to spend this much. Right. That's ridiculous. Um, Yeah. Well, we'll see what they continue to do if they're, if they're done or if they're still shopping Uh, Christmas (laughs) is upon us. So they're still, you know, buying gifts for their fans, right? Whether they turn into anything good or not, we'll, we'll determine, uh, come postseason come october um but a couple of the other big moves i know we kind of briefly touched on it but the trey turner to the phillies um uh, how are, what are your thoughts on on him moving back east yeah i mean that's uh, I, I hate it as a Braves fan i really enjoyed not seeing him in the division for a year and a half but 
now we're gonna have to face him again and he's my favorite shortstop in the league so i mean that's as a from an objective standpoint i don't know how long he'll last as shortstop he's not the biggest guy and so he could very well move maybe back to center field i know he's played that before in his past or to second base but second basemen don't get paid the money he's getting paid i'm guessing that's a last resort for them granted regardless he upgrades their defense which is which was just awful last year and their defense will get improved as well once harper is able to recover from tommy john then be able to play you don't miss a full year like you do as a pitcher when you're an outfielder but because that way they don't have to start schwarber and uh uh, castellanos in the outfield which is (laughs) i mean yikes they didn't even have a good center fielder so their outfield defense was pretty terrible and yet Castellanos kept making great sliding catch after sliding catch on the playoffs I mean I guess he he, he played well when it counts <laughs> and got him to the to the World Series but yeah I, I do like the moves a lot that the Phillies have made Trey Turner upgrades their defense and their pitching staff got upgraded I mean they're they're they look like they're like oh you know what we made it to the World Series if we had a few pieces well, I bet we can do even better than that and <laughs> as I said a second ago in at least Oh my God, that's yeah. a three-headed monster. Not to mention pairing Trey Turner back with Bryce Harper again. Yeah. Who, you know. A lot of reunited teammates, uh, Verlander and Scherzer, right. and, uh, Turner and and Harper and uh, Freddie and uh, Jason Hayward back in the Dodgers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, biggest move of the Dodgers, getting Jason Hayward to a minor league contract, not even guaranteed to make the roster. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, there's still a couple of big name free agents out there. You got guys like Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, uh, Carlos Rodon. Um, I, I, I know I've seen a lot that the Yankees will be going after Rodon, and I think that makes a lot of sense. They really could use another starting pitcher on that staff. They, and I also, Buster Olney kind of intimated that maybe the Yankees are in on Correa as a secret team, and that would also be a huge move for them and would make them look like the Yankees of old, of spin, 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 and keep up with that team across town that is trying to buy baseball. <laughs> trying to buy the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yankees for sale yet? <laughs> I think Steve Cohen is interested. <laughs> Uh, Those are certainly interesting. I know Braves fans are wanting Dansby back. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of high hopes for that. That feels like that ship may have already passed. The rumors are out there that Dansby's camp gave the Braves an option of six years and 140, and they said no. I think the Braves are thinking more like five or six years and 100, and he's going to get a lot more than that. I mean, he would have to take a heck of a hometown discount at this point. I know the Cubs are interested in him, which is where Dansby's now wife plays her professional soccer. So wouldn't be surprised if that lured him there. I know he's from Atlanta, so he's got that in his back pocket. But I mean, it's, at this point, I understand hometown discounts if the money's close and it doesn't feel like it's going to be close anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, I was about to look up. Yeah, I couldn't remember. There was the third team, the Cubs, that that felt like that they, they might, you know, be into that. Oh, uh, which. I mean, they went and got Cody Bellinger, which I know isn't necessarily as high profile as it used to be, but it could be. Well, um, he bounces back. Former MVP, so you think they can make little moves like that and build a, a contending roster in a, what should be a much easier division than a lot of the rest of the. Because right. <laughs> I mean, the Cardinal, you know, the Cardinals are going to still be good. They um, just got better at catcher by signing their rival catcher Wilson right. Contreras. I mean. Yeah, Yachty was a good catcher and great defensively, but Contreras is pretty solid defensively and a much better offensive catcher. Right. So their lineup just got exponentially better just with that. Yeah, we're in for uh, an interesting couple of uh, weeks and months while we finish out the baseball offseason. Uh, any of these moves make you lean towards a certain team as a favorite going into next year yet? I mean, I think the Mets kind of force your hand there with their lineup 
increases and in, and in pitching staff uh, remodeling of sorts. I mean, that's it's the way to. It's still and too early to say. I get what you're getting at here, trying to make, make a make a choice here. Uh, <laughs> Hundred some odd days before the training camp. It's the training most camp important starts. time. If you, can't, if you can't call it now, don't call it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, who knows? I mean, this. I to be honest, the in the American League, I would be a big fan of the Rangers. Like their pitching staff looks so much better. And assuming Simeon and uh, 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 former Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager, assuming, assuming that both of them continue to play well for them, I think at least one of them got off to a slow start last year. But their team wasn't very good anyway. It was no. them two and Adolis Garcia were the only players that mattered there. But uh, that team looks like they could be a, a pretty legit contender and be someone who could very least scare some people. But I can't. I want to see how the rest of the offseason goes. See where Correa ends up. See where Rodon Dansby ends up. And there's plenty of other players that out there that are really good that'll make a lot of money and will make teams look a lot better. I can't wait to to see what happens and make a real decision on that. So I want that all over <laughs> at a later date. Uh, yeah. No. I. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm with you. I. I still think. You know. Obviously, the Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, Braves, Mets, they're all, you know, they haven't done anything necessarily to lose it. Um, you know, I'd like to see the Dodgers make a couple of moves to, you know, especially for their their offense because uh, they've let a lot of people walk right now. Justin Tur- No Justin Turner, no Cody Bellinger, uh, no Trey Turner anymore. They've, you know, starting to lose a little bit of pieces that, that made them as successful as they've been. But at the same time, there's like a small part of me that believes that, Maybe this is the route they go to actually get over that hump, <laughs> um, and and stop losing in the playoffs. You yeah. know, get a get a team built up of your of your guys that are young that are going to be sparks, and if they play well enough, maybe that's what you need to get there instead of the guys who you traded for who are like half in, half bought into the yeah. program, half not. Uh, we'll see. I'm there's still a lot to go. It's. Uh, and I really would like to see them sign somebody to replace uh, Bueller, who's going to miss pretty much all of 2023 also. Yeah, that's certainly a position that the Dodgers need to focus on. I mean, even getting one of these veteran pitchers that can at the very least eat innings for you and sign to a one-year deal. I mean, so Cole Hamels was trying to make a comeback. He's going to go that route. <laughs> we had him at one point. And he <laughs> so did, did the Braves. He pitched three innings. <laughs> we, uh, the Dodgers have done, uh, have done well at that, though. I mean, they made Tyler Anderson and Andrew Haney look like well, Haney got a nice contract this offseason. So did Tyler Anderson. Yeah. I mean, they they're both they both got new deals, and we're sitting here saying thanks for the help. See you guys later. <laughs> um, so we'll see. They, they, they've always been good. They did maybe that's Shelby Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Good luck with that one. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on a little bit. Uh, just briefly, we're uh, on the World Cup here. Uh, been a very very exciting World Cup to watch. Um, disappointing for the United States as usual. You know. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> but uh, to be honest, they made it out of the group stage and I was impressed by that. I mean, they didn't even qualify four years ago. So right. as far as I'm concerned, making it out of the group stage is uh, quite the improvement. Well, and with a team as young as they have, they, they showed potential to hang with teams like England and the Netherlands. And so, I mean, if they can continue to improve uh, and hopefully get someone more than just than just Pulisic on and, off, you know. And that's what it sounds like everyone is saying, that we need someone else to score goals. And, I mean, now that Pulisic can't have kids, we can't even wait for that to happen. I mean, <laughs> you know, we got to we gotta find someone somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a great offensive weapon, but he shouldn't be – he's not a striker. He's yeah. not – He you know, he's great at putting the ball in play, but they need somebody who can finish. You know, they miss the Josie Altidores or the right. 
Clint Dempsey's of the world. Like that, you, they need someone like that uh, to step up. And the one goal they scored against the Netherlands was a fluke. It just happened to hit the guy's foot perfectly. He was just stretching it out. It and was it, beautiful, it, though. It, it, was, was, it was fantastic <laughs> to watch. But I was like, oh, well, there's no way that was intentional. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, we're finally at the the semifinals. You got. Uh, you know, the big four everyone expected, uh, Argentina, <laughs> yeah, Argentina and France. Everyone probably aren't real surprised that they their Croatia might be a surprise despite they made it to the championship four years ago. But they still were not expected to make it this far again. And then no one expected Morocco. No African country has ever made it this far. And so I'm, of course, rooting for Morocco. I mean, I also <laughs> loved watching their goalie in the penalty shootout a couple of rounds ago. He just was kept guessing perfectly for everybody. And I was like, you know what? I like this guy. He looked cocky. He was, he was in the zone. And I loved watching it. The the amount of uh, quarterfinal games that went to PKs is unbelievable. It's literally the, in my opinion, it's the most, it's one of the most exciting things in oh, sports yeah. to watch. Cause there's nothing like it. No other sport, their overtime rules or anything close to that. The only thing that could be similar would be if baseball ever changed theirs to a home run derby right. once you got to like past 12 innings or something like that. But right. I guess college football in a way has kind of done it now after two overtimes, you do the two point conversion attempt, but that's not as exciting. It's, yeah, uh, it's still not game. as, yeah, still somehow not as exciting as, as PKs there, but there's been plenty of them and it's just been, a, it's, been a real joy to watch i know uh, soccer enthusiasts aren't real big on the penalty kick shootout they think it's kind of cheap it's not real soccer but as those of us who like to watch it more casually like watching the world cup and i love it it's fantastic <laughs> it's exciting yeah um i mean at this point you it's it's hard to say that you to not expect england and uh i'm sorry france <laughs> and argentina to yeah. go on to the world cup but i mean do we think that Morocco or Croatia has a shot? I mean, Morocco almost feels like a team of destiny so far in this tournament. They just keep eating everybody and not like they're blowing people out. They're winning 1-0 or waiting it for it to go to penalties and then letting their goalie do the work there and <laughs> hoping somebody can get one across on the other end. And, I mean, Croatia, like I said, they were in the championship four years ago, so there's certainly that possibility. But, yeah, I would imagine it's probably going to be Argentina and France as someone who – doesn't really have a dog in the fight. I'm going to root for the underdogs. Go Croatia <laughs> and Morocco. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think France has a very very good chance of uh, of repeating, which is impressive in itself. I mean, yeah. you know, could to... have a repeat championship too if Croatia wins, and right. <laughs> just uh, it might seem a little boring on the outside that the same two teams in the championship again, but. France, yeah, they look so smooth and fluid as they play. Like, they don't have bad passes. Like, their right. passes almost always are not just intentional, but direct and, like, right where they need to go. They're not – they don't seem to miss kick very often. They're – I'm sure that – I'm sure someone some out there keeps track of good passes and their right. good pass percentage, and I'm sure they're way up there. Oh, yeah, I, I guarantee it. The, the I do think that we're sort of towards, like, a end of an – an era per se with uh, with men's soccer, especially in, in World Cup form, because, you know, the guys like Ronaldo and Messi and Neymar are all starting to get a little bit older. So we're about to have like a new wave of talent, in my opinion, to where I we shouldn't be that surprised that there's these newcomer you know, I mean, squads coming out and playing well. This is supposed to be Belgium's year. This is their golden age. And they didn't <laughs> even make it out of the group stage. Right. <laughs> But yeah, someone's got to take over because I'm sure that Messi and Ronaldo won't be back for the next World Cup. Right. Who knows about Neymar? I think he's a little younger, but he, Ronaldo he, and Messi are old. But he he came out and said the other day that he didn't know if he would play oh. for the next World Cup for Brazil. So I'm okay with that. Though. <laughs> that guy flops way too much for my taste. <laughs> I still remember the the gif or meme or whatever of him just rolling, rolling down the street. Like, yeah, <laughs> from the last one. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. See now, come on, you got to cut that out. Yeah, that guy's a that guy. 
is interesting. He's a great <laughs> player, but he's yeah. he's a crybaby. <laughs> exactly. That's just men's soccer, though. The women, much tougher. <laughs> I mean, for a while, I've considered our women's team to probably be able to beat the men's team in soccer pretty much any time they played. I've gotten laughs at that from some soccer people, but I've had other soccer people tell me, no, they, they probably have a pretty good chance. We should we should play that out on FIFA and see what happens. Let it, let, awesome. let it simulate itself. I bet you the, the girls win. <laughs> As they should. All right. So we got uh, Andy Flannery in from the north today from, uh, from deep, deep down in Dawsonville, Georgia. Andy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to be here. <laughs> we, uh, we, we're going to go ahead and uh, move on now to, to football, which is we like to bring our Andy, our football expert, in here. <laughs> uh, but we'll start a little bit with, uh, with college football. Um, with the, the, the playoff uh, upon us now, bowl season is starting this, is it this week? Yeah. I yeah. uh, have a couple bowl games starting immediately. Um, but we have the final four. Um, I think the committee got it right, in my opinion, based off of the way things played out. But you got Georgia versus Ohio State and Michigan versus TCU. Uh, Skaggs, you, uh, h- how do you feel about this uh, this potential playoff matchup? I think it's going to be a good playoff. I'm excited to watch it. TCU being able to budge their way in, I think, is going to be interesting. Their quarterback was a Heisman finalist. Michigan, I, I mean, they played just fine without their stud running back against Ohio State so and against uh, Purdue. So maybe they're in good shape there. But the Georgia and Ohio State matchup, I know, is the one that interests probably most of the people listening to this podcast. And I'm sure a lot of Georgia fans think that Ohio State has no chance. And after the way they looked against Michigan, I can kind of understand that mindset. But Marvin Harrison Jr. and C.J. Stroud is one hell of a combination. Like they're they're not like talent wise. This will be the most talented team that Georgia has played this year. Yes, Tennessee was the highest ranked team that they had played this year, but Tennessee is not as talented as Ohio State, as much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> and the, Ohio State, I, and I think they could very well give Georgia a run for their money. I, I agree. I think that Ohio State, uh, I mean, in my opinion, going into the, the last, you know, the Michigan game, I thought Ohio State was the second best team in, in college football. I thought they would beat Michigan, and then it was a shock that they didn't. So <laughs> they didn't just lose to Michigan. They, they yeah. didn't end up all that close either. And the fact that it was at home was very surprising to myself and I'm sure to most people. Like if it would have happened at Michigan, I think people could understand that a little more. But uh, I mean, it happened at home and they got blown out of the water late in that game. Did I mean, they party the night before or something? <laughs> like, probably. I it, mean, it was just, yeah. what else are you going to do in Ohio? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be, it'll be a fun matchup. I mean, the, you know, Everybody wants to argue that the SEC is obviously much stronger, which it is. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not the best conference, but there are teams like Ohio State that can compete. Um, and I think after that, getting smacked like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on fire, ready to go against Georgia. One of the best things Georgia has going for them is it's in Atlanta, so they, <laughs> it's, essential home game. <laughs> it's yeah, it's going to be basically a home game, at least in for, terms of travel. I mean, tickets wise, that should be fifty fifty, unless Georgia fans go onto Ohio State website to to buy their tickets. But for the most part, they might. <laughs> and, and they very well might. And Ohio State's a big enough name to where I'm sure they'll travel plenty. It might end up being more like sixty forty Georgia in the in the stands. We'll have to see. And to me, the most disappointing thing is that Jack Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba is not going to play. Granted, he hasn't really played all year, but I was hoping that he might be healthy to be able to play just to see these teams that with a, a, a max level as possible. I know Georgia doesn't have their linebacker, Nolan Smith, but they weren't going to have him anyway. And Jackson right. Smith very well could be healthy enough to play. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, who, who, you, I, who do you 
honestly think will win the game. I mean, I really, really want to say Ohio State because <laughs> I live here in Georgia and I'm not a Georgia fan. But uh, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia and Michigan look like they're on a path to, to meet each other in the championship. Yeah, don't uh, don't count TCU out though, because I, I think they've shown a lot of gutty performances, and and Max Dugan is, uh, he, I mean, he ended up second in the Heisman, uh, which Johnston, by the way, yeah. Caleb Williams, <laughs> da, 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 da. and that Johnston fellow receiver. <laughs> some people have him being the number one receiver taken this year. I mean, that's yet another good quarterback receiver combo. That I mean, that stuff hits you right, and who knows what can happen. Right to me, it'll, to me, I think all four of these teams have really, really solid offenses. But the reason why I, I kind of think that Georgia has the best chance of going back to back is because their defense is much probably the best in the country still. Yeah. Jalen Carter is pretty obviously the best player in this playoff. And right. And they, <laughs> and they teams. that to me, it could end up being the difference with, you know, having the defense to not only make plays, but to, to hold teams to these elite offenses to, to not be able to do what they're good at. Yeah. Uh, granted, we've seen them. They're not as good as they were last year. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, they let LSU put up. I know they won 50 to 30, but they yeah. still put up 30 points from LSU in the SEC championship. Uh, you know, they, you've seen more of those games. Last year, they were beating teams, you know. Let, to they went every, the first, like, three games without allowing a touchdown last yeah. year. Granted, I know that's the easiest part of the schedule for the most yeah. part, but, like. This year, they did play Oregon to start off the schedule and only gave up three. Like, their right. defense, their team looked like it could be the same team to start the year, and then they didn't look as great against Kent State or Missouri, both games that they took a while to put away Kent State, and Missouri was in it till the end. Georgia had to make a fourth-quarter comeback to win. I mean, that did not happen with last year's team. And for all we know, maybe Georgia was just cocky after last year and didn't think they needed to try that hard, but. Well, and that's my thing with them this year is they ha they probably are the most talented team. They probably should win, but are they going to be – is their head going to be in it enough to win a championship after they already won one last year? Now, will they think that, oh, we know how to do this, is we'll this, take care of this, or will they right. actually be like, hey, this is a Final Four and the college football playoff. We need to play at max level. Right. They're going to have to bring it in, and a lot of that will fall on Stetson and whether or not he can that rally undeserving the Undeserving Heisman finalist. <laughs> Ah, he didn't win. He came in fourth. Well, he's got the chip <laughs> on his shoulder. He's got something to eat. Well, let me go win the win the whole thing again. You won't give me that. You know, I'll just go get the trophy. Right. I think he. I and you know he cares more about the team, yeah. the team than the individual accolades, anyways. Yeah. Which all they all should. But um, certainly happy as a USC fan to see Caleb Williams win it. <laughs> sure, you are. <laughs> All right, last but not least, we'll move on to the NFL. And uh, I'll apologize ahead of time because we're all currently watching NFL Red Zone while recording. So if we throw in a couple of oohs and ahs, then uh, it, it's, because, it's because Tony Paul just ripped off a <laughs> 10-yard <No. Ten> run. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're getting down to the – this is the final week uh, for most leagues uh, to get into the playoffs for fantasy-wise. Uh, a lot of teams in real – you know, in real life are starting to get to the point where they can start clinching playoff spots. Um, are we, you guys still, I know Skaggs and I talked about it on our last episode, some of our favorites uh, going at the halfway point, but now that we're down to the final stretch, uh, Andy, do you have a favorite team that you think has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl? Winning it? Uh, it's hard to count against the Chiefs right now. I, I still see a team doing just what they've done 
the Bills are also they're kind of clicking on all cylinders. Cylinders, although I, I didn't they lose um, Von Miller, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been out for a week or two with his injury, and now he's officially going to be out the rest of the year. Yeah. See, I remember in the off season, you know, they or they made the trade for him, or he came over there, and uh, it was kind of he's going to be the that little you know that jump over need. the hill, yeah. you know. And and I kind of believed it. I was into the hype. You know, they might be fine without him. I mean, it could either go either way. It's definitely kind of between those two teams. The NFC really, not no one's really standing out too much. I mean, the Eagles, yeah, but I'm not impressed that much with their schedule. Yeah, I can I can get that. The Eagles have been pretty dominant, but yeah, they haven't played a whole lot of tough opponents. To me, the team that stands out the most in the NFC and Garrett, cover your ears here. They are the Cowboys. I mean, they're playing great right now. They've and they, on offense, they're very balanced. They've got Pollard. They've got Zeke. And I know from a fantasy perspective, people are always like, "Oh, well, Zeke's going to be the one getting the touchdowns." And I think that proved its point as to why that'll keep happening. A couple weeks ago, when they gave Pollard two straight goal line rushes and he got nothing, they brought in Zeke who immediately got it. Zeke is just more of a power back than Pollard is. So that's gonna. So from a fantasy perspective, that's how that's gonna work. But they throw the ball. They've got CD. They've got Gallup back. They have James Washington is back now. And their defense is playing so well. Like they, they are a team that scares me a lot in the NFC. I, I you know, I just want to first off say thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I told uh, you to cover your ears. <laughs> I didn't listen. Uh, I, as a Cowboys fan, I am bracing myself for disappointment because I am just so used to it. But the, the, the thing to me that is so different for this Cowboys team is the, is the defense. We haven't, we've all, the last several times that we've been to the playoffs has been on the back of the offense. And I feel like when you're hoping that you're, you know, that Dak and the run game and, and the receivers are going to hold up and be able to match point for point with any team they play against, like that's asking a lot. But now that the defense is easily the, uh, to me, the best in the league, I don't think it's an argument on the other uh, best as Zeke runs off for a big one. <laughs> Um, and proving my point as to why I, he's the goal line back because he <laughs> runs over player after player. <laughs> I, I I just think that uh, that that defense might be the difference this year to why they have a legitimate shot of actually being Super Bowl contenders. Which I know we always say, you know, it's our year, but uh, <laughs> we're always constantly disappointed. But I I do it feels a little bit different this year. Right, and then uh, other teams in the NFC, the Vikings have a great record, but they won like all of their games by one score, which is very fluky and. They also got boat raced by the Cowboys, so that's <laughs> that certainly hurts their their level of like, oh, I mean, they'll obviously make the playoffs and might even win a game in the playoffs because the NFC feels like there's only really two teams. I mean, the 49ers looked like they were heading that way, but with no Jimmy, I mean, maybe Brock Purdy, Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant, proves us all wrong. I think and, maybe. Yeah, they still have a lot of like legit weapons, so they I think they've got a good chance and I mean, the Bucks and the whole NFC South as a whole is just embarrassingly bad. <laughs> Worse so, than expected. Yeah, yeah, we don't really have to talk about that. I was set up for disappointment, but this this is still full I, of expectations. I will say, Andy, you know, we did you and I did the NFC South breakdown at the beginning of, in the offseason, and I I thought that it was a little crazy that uh, that that you were so down on like teams like the Saints uh, that you thought that they would be as bad, and you were dead right on that. So. And you also, not granted, you, you you made a bold statement saying that Brady might get hurt or something, but you were kind of right that Brady he, he, he Brady, lost his other half <laughs> more ways than one. Are you talking about Gronk or? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me specify. Uh, he's an empty man, actually. He's completely empty. He's got nothing left except for all those rings. Hope um, those, those won't keep you warm at God. night, or will they? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, Tampa, 
feels like they'll still win the division, and I'm not going to count Brady out in the playoffs. We've seen it. The, the, still have lots of weapons on offense. <laughs> right, and, and you look at Monday night's game against the Saints when everybody's counting them out, sixteen down 16-3. to three and, and That was Mark Ingham's fault, though, for running out of bounds short of the first down. That's why he's now out hurt. <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> the mob uh, got after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I agree. I The... We'll see if they can hold on, but the the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs uh, definitely feel like the three favorites. The Eagles will probably make a run. Um, One, There's another set of two teams in the AFC that I'm very intrigued about if they can get healthy and stay that way. And ironically, they play tonight, the Dolphins and the Chargers. The Chargers, Derwin James being hurt is a huge loss for them. Their defense has been just yeah. tragically awful this year but like if they can stay healthy or get healthy like that that team and now that presumably keenan allen and mike williams are both healthy now i mean that's eckler has been a monster both in real life purposes and obviously in fantasy purposes like that team it looks like it's i mean they're a team that i'm i feel like every year i'm high on and every year they lose 52 of their 53 players <laughs> to, to injury and then the dolphins on the other hand have been the team that people thought they like half the world thought that they could be this good team the other half thought 2-0 is crap and then which uh the two a non people <laughs> who are who are the the secret people who love Tua, uh they're obviously enjoying being proven right i mean he got had that freak head injury for a month or so uh, a little while back but with them healthy i mean tyree kill and Jalen waddle receiver talk about having two guys that can just book it now here's a guy (laughs) (laughs) right well uh i mean so at this point uh you know as we're coming down to the wire do you you think that who is your vote for mvp andy yikes i (laughs) haven't given a lot of thought to this (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think of who's who's been some of the best quarterback plays so far. Um, I if I can jump in, there's two people I see that stand out, and that's Mahomes and it's Hurts. Uh, they both have played phenomenally, putting up crazy numbers, and they've stayed healthy. A lot of other quarterbacks and players have put up great numbers, but they haven't been able to stay healthy. I was gonna say Jalen Hurts just because I I have watched him a good bit. He hasn't made very many mistakes. I've seen improvement on his end. Uh, it's been enjoyable to watch, kind of, you know, trying to live up to the expectations. Uh, where Patrick Mahomes, yes, you know, that's it, right, but that's it, kind of what we expected with Patrick Mahomes. So that's why, you know, it didn't really jump to my mind. To an extent, it, but with no Tyreek Hill, like we had to wonder what would that offense look like. Yes, they have Travis Kelsey, the human video game player, the the makeup player, <laughs> and who just dominates. But, I mean, Juju, who has not been himself for a couple years and looks pretty good again, but then they had, you know, uh, Mark, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and uh, what's his face from Georgia who every year people are like oh he could Michael be great Hardman. yeah Miko Hardman and every year he disappoints you and <laughs> and their yeah. run game's kind of been a little little iffy this year as well yeah I mean th- th- that's that was my argument for Mahomes too and I wondered after their uh their loss to the Bengals in the AFC championship last year if Mahomes would put up this type of season to sh- like just as a a revenge tour like yeah. And you, I know he was all the way to the AFC Championship last year, but holy crap, wide open touchdown. <laughs> oh, that's for Williams. Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. Uh, Welcome to the you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think I think Mahomes has a very good shot. I think Jalen Hurts, uh, it feels like a pretty reasonable do you player have any, as well. Do you have any long shots you're thinking about that you think could sneak in? Dark horses? Well, long shot, I mean – 
The Falcon. <laughs> Ritter, steps Ritter. In undefeated. Uh, it's hard for me to really vote against anyone else. Uh, some of the the dark horse names of just players that have been their team's entire offense. Guy like I, I fought Saquon for a while when the the way the Giants were playing early and the way he was holding up that team together, but he hasn't looked as good the last couple of weeks, so I don't know if he's really in consideration anymore. Um, other than that, it's. I feel like the Giants have been lucky. Like, if that's a stat, if that's a trait, <laughs> hey, we're a little bit lucky. Uh, that that doesn't really carry over into playoff yeah. mode. But then again, I think that's just... quantifiable by the one score games, which counts as the Vikings, and yeah. no one's voting for Kirk Cousins for for MVP, <laughs> so I'm not worried about that one. Yeah, I mean, you could argue Tyree Kill could deserve an MVP. He yeah. might be more suited, I guess, to win like an offensive player of the year award yeah. than a you know than an MVP. But he definitely feels like somebody in consideration, as well as Joe Burrow. I mean, yeah. Especially the way they're playing right now. I mean, you just thought about how they beat the Chiefs in the AC Championship game last year. Burrow just beat Mahomes for the third time in 2022. <laughs> I mean, he's apparently that's the Chiefs kryptonite is playing Joe Burrow, who can't beat the Browns. We'll see if that changes today. But <laughs> also Travis Kelsey, I think we both. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, literally, has he has he had a bad game? Like maybe one bad game this whole. I think season. last week was considered like his worst. He had like five for 50 yards yeah, or something like that. Yeah, he has shown up every week. Right. This is an argument I've heard a handful of times now, but for fantasy football purposes, can you can argue that he should be the first pick in fantasy drafts because the drop-off at that position everywhere else, even now to Mark Andrews, who I personally thought was going to be better than Kelsey this right. year, and he really hasn't been. Granted, I know he's been a little banged up also, but just he's that healthy in general it has not looked as good as I as think as everyone thought. But you could argue that he should be the first pick in – Fantasy drafts, which is crazy to think. Maybe not yeah. dynasty. He's a little <laughs> right. older, but still right. in, in a redraft. redraft I mean, that's yeah. although I'm sure that'll happen next year, and next year will be the year he falls off a cliff from age perspective. And everybody's like, "You told me to take him number one." Well, and that's <laughs> why people keep pushing him back, is because he keeps getting a year older, and he, which, he, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's always fun to watch. He's he's always exciting. Let's go, Miles Sanders touchdown, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens down the stretch here. I think uh, we're in for a, a fun last couple of weeks, especially with a lot of these teams playing interdivisional games uh, that could set up a, a lot of the playoff scenarios going forward. Um, I don't know. You guys any got any great last thoughts here? Uh, I'm excited. I wish I did better in our dynasty league, but <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I did find points wise, scored fifth most points, but had the most points against, and I've already mathematically eliminated one week to go. We're not talking <laughs> about that. The, but you know, it's been a, it's been a fun season. I feel like it's been a very unpredictable season. We all thought the, the AFC West was going to be dominant, and it's been one dominant team, and the Chargers who do their annual tradition of being hurt. And the Raiders who do their annual tradition of sucking, and <laughs> I mean it's, it's been very, uh, uh, very disappointing from that division. In the NFC South, we thought there might be at least one team that would be good instead of four terrible teams. And they're playing hot potato. Yeah, they, right. none of them want it. And then, as a Falcons fan, I really don't want them to make the playoffs. I mean, I want them to have this top pick. They need it. They're I, they desperately need more talent. As the Cowboys turn the ball over here oh to the my Texans. Goodness, they just uh, dropped. Uh, <laughs> 
but I mean, like it's it's been such a I mean, which I feel like we say this every year, and I love it. That's why we watch the sport. We love how unpredictable it is that teams that you think are going to be terrible end up being pretty good, and teams you think are going to be great end up being pretty bad. Sometimes because of injuries, sometimes not. I just I just would like to see a little bit more points. It's been a little bit of a down <laughs> year. I know every year's a little bit like, you know, like I said, unpredictable and it's different. Uh, so greedy. But we love points. We all love points. And, you know, it's like we're like, you know, what what, what would be, what would be better than points? Injuries. Lots of injuries. <laughs> and it's it happens to some more than others. But, you know, we, we all battle through it. I'm sure everyone has experienced the injuries, you know, at one point or another. But, you know, it's part of the game. Unfortunately, and you keep hearing the argument, too, that they need to switch off of the turf fields that people and maybe I don't know what the research is behind that on whether or not that's accurate or not. The research says that there's no correlation, uh, but the players feel like it is. And to be honest, that's kind of what matters. Right. I mean, maybe who paid for that research? (laughs) Probably not the players. Donald Trump. (laughs) Count the vote. Stop the vote. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but I I would love to. very lackluster injury year would be nice, but yeah, but you know, human body isn't meant to be the way, built the way that a lot of these guys yeah. are, so they're or, more or prone beat, injuries or beat up the way they yeah. are. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some explosions in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, weeks, you know, 15, 16, 17. Maybe we'll see some just. You know, it's what happened to me last year in our dynasty outs. league with T Higgins gets fifty points and I get beat with two no name running backs. Yeah, I'm we, not we so bitter about that. that at all. Hey, Gabe, Gabe Davis is coming. He, he has his 200-yard, four-touchdown game in the playoffs, in the actual playoffs right, last <laughs> could, year. But. That Mariah Carey meme where she they say she's defrosting us to the Christmas. Are we going to replace her with Gabe Davis? He's <laughs> yeah. defrosting. His playoff time is coming. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun year. Um, I, I I hope you guys have enjoyed the year so far. We've, we've uh, certainly enjoyed doing podcasts, and I know we haven't done a ton during the season, but, um, it, you know, we're happy to to bring you guys the the good news. Uh, and we hope your seasons went well. Uh, we hope we hope we could have helped you. And uh, we you know if we don't if we don't have another episode before uh, before Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody and uh, Happy New Year. Um, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, we want to include everybody. I mean, <laughs> best fits for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, Andy, you have any uh, any last thoughts before we we dip out and enjoy this football? Playoffs are coming. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. The long night awaits. Ah, Game of Thrones. You know what I mean. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll uh, we'll hopefully have a ep- new episode up uh, at some point. <laughs> Peace out. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rain blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. 